You're listening to Joey's Totally Tech, your tech podcast. So maybe you're looking into getting a kid-friendly computer or a retro-style computer to play some retro video games on. And this could be a gift for the holidays, too. The Tower PC1 claims to be that, a kid-friendly computer and a retro-style computer to play those games on. But does it deliver? This is the first of a two-part review of the Taiwan PC-1 from Taiwan Electronics on Joey's Totally Tech. So I've had this thing sitting here since the summer, and I've been meaning to review it. However, I've been so busy that I've had to put it on the back burner for some time, unfortunately. Well, we've got Christmas approaching, and some of you may come across the Tawan PC-1 on eBay. You may have been looking for a retro computer, and this thing pops up. Or at least it did for me. They've changed the description now, and when I got it, it was $100 after shipping, but now it's like $88 after shipping on eBay. If you order it from the Talon Electronics website, you're still looking at $100 after shipping. The Talon PC-1 has a Cortex-A7 ARM processor at 1 gigahertz, 1 gigabyte of RAM, and 8 gigabytes of internal storage. You also get a mouse power adapter that has a switch on it and an AV cable to plug into composite televisions. That includes many of those old CRT televisions. Taiwan Electronics touts their Taiwan PC-1 computer as a kids-friendly family computer. The computer is all inside of a keyboard, much like the retro microcomputers like the Commodore 64 and the Atari 8-bit computers of the early 80s. It's black in color and has one USB port for the mouse. At least that's what's available on the outside anyway. It has one additional USB port on the inside, which we will get to. The keyboard itself has a gamepad mode if you want to use it as a gamepad for games, though really you're not going to be picking the thing up and using it as a gamepad. It's more like pressing keys on the keyboard to play the game. That's all it is. This runs Android 7.1.2 out of the box, or at least mine was, and it's actually a modified version called Talon OS. Since I ordered it over the summer, it may be entirely possible they've updated the version with the latest firmware, 
which I have not updated yet, but I will do as part of the review. The keyboard feels pretty nice. As I boot this up, it makes a horrible computer sound, which I really don't like. I guess it's supposed to be the sound of a computer connected to the internet with a dial-up modem. There's no need for this at all, and I hate the boot-up process because of this. The boot screen is a nice retro 8-bit look, though, and they said this was marketed towards kids, but I think this is really more interesting for retro computer fans as well as tinkerers. We get into the actual software, and this is where I already find it's missing software it claims to have. The user guide says it has acrylic paint, Anvice X64, APK Pure, Aptoid, Blue Wallet, CPU Info, Dirt Editor, Fennec Browser, G-Droid, Ghost Commander, Miracast Receiver, Mobile Basic Downloader, Notepad, OpenMap, OpenSSHD, Talon Home, VLC Media Player, and RetroArch. But upon searching Anvice X64, Aptoid, Blue Wallet, Fennec, and Miracast Receiver weren't installed. Fennec was supposed to be the web browser, but we had Firefox Lite instead, which is fine for me, and I think technically they're the same thing anyway. Aptoid, one of the app stores, is nowhere to be found at first. I had to go online and download it. The other app store, APK Pure, was having trouble at first. It was giving me network errors, and I couldn't download apps at first. But it seemed to be a temporary problem, as APK Pure did start working for me. I downloaded Facebook through APK Pure just to test that out. And because on any device, Facebook is one of the main apps that I use personally, and you probably use it as well as one of your main apps. I will say this computer is supposed to be marketed towards kids, but with all the ads it shows on APK Pure, I'm concerned kids might download paid apps without parents' permission on this. So please, parents, supervise your kids with this device. Now, when I downloaded Facebook, well, it wasn't Facebook. It was Facebook Watch. I ended up installing Facebook Lite instead. Now, I did install Aptoid as well as a few other apps, and I finally installed the official Facebook app as well. Now, this comes with some retro emulators, and I will say kids may not be interested in the retro emulators, if I'm going to be honest. They are probably going to be into more modern games. As far as I'm concerned, this is not necessarily a kid's computer, but a retro emulation computer when it comes to gaming. But this does have programming tools too, some of which you'll need to download. There's Mobile Basic Downloader, Pascal Downloader, as well as the Tawan Basic Script Downloader, which uh, didn't work, at least uh, not now. When I first picked this up before I was stalled with the review of this, it was saying it wasn't available yet. But now I'm getting web page not available. Make sure you are connected to the internet. Check the address, try again. But if you go to TalonElectronics.com's download section, you will find Talon Basic Script there. So you'll want to download the APK there instead, except you can't do it on the Talon PC. 
I don't know why, but it continues to tell me the web page is not available there. It's able to get other web pages just fine, and I downloaded the APK on my Linux desktop. Future Joey here. I had the Talon PC1 on overnight, and even though it said the web page couldn't be reached, apparently it did eventually download Talon Basic Script. This was a bit of a surprise to me, quite frankly. I'm glad it did download it though. Two of the things you want to take care of on this computer are adjust the screen resolution with the screen resolution tool. And if you're going to hook this up to a CRT television at some point, you'll need to set this to NTSC if you're in the USA or Japan. It comes in PAL mode, so people in Europe can plug this thing straight into their CRT televisions if they have one. But here in the USA, you need to plug it into a modern television first via HDMI and set this. You, then you should be able to plug it into an older TV with no problem. I don't currently have a CRT television, so I have no way to test this myself, but it's great for those of you who want to play retro games with that original retro feel of the CRT televisions. Now, this does have a few kids games on it, so there is that. After all, they are trying to market this as a kids-friendly machine, but to me, it's not screaming at me kid-friendly. A kid-friendly computer? Um, maybe, but I don't know if you're like a young student, how much homework you'd get done on it. Are kids going to be interested in it? Probably not unless they are really geeky like me. And even then, I would probably have been more interested in the Raspberry Pi. I did give some of the games a try. I played Gloomy Dungeons 2, Apple Flinger, and Shattered Pixel Dungeon. Apple Flinger is an Angry Birds type of game where you're playing against the computer, flinging apples at structures with creatures on them that you'll want to kill. Gloomy Dungeons 2 is kind of a Wolfenstein 3D clone. Again, parental supervision here, as there is a bit of violence. And Shattered Pixel Dungeon is a retro-style roguelike RPG that I had a bit of fun with playing, honestly, though I wasn't very good at it. There are other games, too, all available in the public domain, by the way. Let's talk about the inside. If you open the machine up, you'll find a single board with an internal USB port. Plugged into that port is a cable which runs to the keyboard controller. If you wanted to, you could place a USB hub inside there, plug in the keyboard controller cable to that, and a few other internal components. However, due to the single external USB slot, we're going to recommend using a USB hub there, since without it, you can really only plug in the mouse and that's it. And quite frankly, you may want to plug in some game pads for the games. We've had a few software issues, like apps being missing and others not being downloadable for some reason, but in order to give this a fair chance, we really need to upgrade this to the latest firmware. So, let's do that.
Well, we attempted to update the firmware. However, it seems their server is really slow for one thing. And on the machine with my SD card reader, I'm running Linux, which I don't think should be a problem as it's an image file and I should be able to just use Belina Etcher or DD or something like that for Linux. But on the website, they state you specifically need Win32 Disk Imager which is Windows only. Now, I have confirmed with the creator of uh, this device that if you're in Linux, something like Belina Etcher or DD should work just fine. The same thing if you're on a Mac. It seemed like it had burned the image using DD from the command prompt, but when I put it into the Talon PC and do the reboot, it just boots back onto the internal storage rather than the SD card to install the firmware. So it doesn't seem to be working. And I wanted to give more of a performance review of the emulators after the update. I may not be able to update this, however. I've asked for help on the forums as well as from the creator, and I'm still waiting for responses on this. I want to delve a bit into Talon Basic Script as well, which I can download the APK for and install, just not straight on the Talon PC it looks like. I have to transfer it from my desktop PC since it can't seem to download APKs on their website on the Talon PC. This APK should be included in the latest firmware update, but of course I can't get that to install. So I'm doing this as a two-parter. Next week, I will go through some of the emulation testing as well as testing of Talon Basic Script for part two of the review. So my impression so far, it's trying, but it's not there yet. At the moment, I feel like the Raspberry Pi with a Vilros keyboard and touchpad hub would be a better choice at anywhere from $20-$60 more for the kit. I'll link that in the description for the podcast episode. But hopefully, we'll be able to update the Talon PC1 and give this a more fair review. Though I will say the update process so far does negatively impact the review. like the music and sound effects we're using on the Joey's Totally Tech podcast? Well, we get the licensing for this music through Epidemic Sound. If you're a content creator creating video on YouTube or other social media platforms or a fellow podcaster, visit bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. That's bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. And you can sign up for a subscription for as little as $15 per month. They have a wide variety of genres of music, as well as sound effects you can incorporate into your content. 
you don't have to pay royalties. You just pay the monthly subscription fee. Or you can also buy lifetime licenses to particular tunes and effects too. So if you want to use some fresh music and help support this podcast too, check out bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic and sign up for Epidemic Sound today. So yeah, that's part one of the review. We're waiting to hear back more from the um, people who made this thing. And I've got Antonio here with me. And he sees this uh, thing. What do you think about the look of it, though? Um, I think it looks pretty interesting. I mean, it's, uh, like you said, like you mentioned in your review, it's uh, basically what I expected. It's a... uh, little keyboard but it has a little computer in it, it kind of reminds me of the what was it those iMac things they had back in the day that was just it was all in the monitor yeah I'd say it's probably more akin to, this doesn't have the monitor included but um, I'd say it's more akin to like the Commodore 64 or yeah that's definitely 20, reminds like, me of it's like I've a got throwback a to the 80s right almost yeah, yeah definitely um, though I'd say the styling is a bit more modern yeah, yeah for yeah. sure um yeah, I forgot to mention earlier in the review that you can actually put other small board computers in there as well if you want to. So, like a Raspberry Pi Zero, for example. I don't know that a full-size Raspberry Pi will fit into this thing. A Raspberry Pi Zero, no problem. Okay. Yeah. So um, Now, do you feel like for the price, performance meets up with that, or what would you say? Um, I mean, so far the it performed fairly well as far as the apps go. I did, I need to do more testing. Yeah, and I wanted to update the firmware, and so far I've not been successful with the update on that. I've been having issues with the firmware being corrupted. Now, and besides all the uh, firmware problems, right? Do you say that it's true to the claim that it's a kid-friendly device? Or? Um, I don't feel like with the uh, firmware that came on there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that kids can't use it. I mean, kids are pretty smart these days with computers and yeah, stuff. You sure. know, uh, They could figure it out, no problem. But I don't know if I'd uh, call it uh, strictly a kid's computer. Yeah. I feel like... There's retro emulators, and, you know, kids might be familiar with some of those games for, like, the NES or whatever. Yeah. Um, not so much the Apple II emulator. They're not going to be familiar with, like, Oregon Trail or something these days. Yeah, there's definitely throwbacks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like some of the emulators aren't going to appeal to kids these days unless their parents are, like super big fans of it and they've exposed their kids to it heck i feel like you know you can get games on your phone that are pretty comfortable to playing most games made 
you know, before the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. Right. But I think the idea is for this to be more like a more traditional style microcomputer with that uh, retro feel. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. Which I, I do like that idea. Mm-hmm. In fact, I wouldn't mind seeing more modern computers look like that, honestly. I, I don't know why. I'm a big fan of like the keyboard computer, as people call it, like that style of computer. Well, it's definitely easier to take with you than, say, a laptop, so. For sure. I think the downside to that style of computer, unless it's something like the Apple II or Apple IIe, where it's like you've got this big honking machine with a keyboard built in. Yeah. Um, there's no expandability. Yeah, you're pretty much locked into like one kind of form factor there. Well, I can't say there's no expandability because you, unlike the VIC-20 and Commodore 64, you do have some slots for like cartridges and other ways to expand it, but you can't really expand it internally. That's going to take more space up on your desk. Oh, geez. It's like you have to buy a whole new machine. <laughs> well, not quite, but yeah. you know you know what I'm saying. I understand. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's that. Whereas like this, um, I suppose there's ways you can expand it. I did mention it has the internal USB uh, port inside, which the if we opened this up, you'd find the ribbon cable going to this uh, SD card slot from yeah. the USB port that's internal. Okay. You could put a USB hub in there. Oh, well, there you put go. Put a that's few something. more things in there, like maybe a thumb drive or something, you know. Uh, maybe you could fit a solid state drive in there somewhere. I don't know. Do you do the, uh, the little nine-button keyboard? I like having those on there. Nine-button keyboard? Yeah, you know, like a lot of keyboards, they have like the the keypad on the side oh yeah this does not have like the uh i'm saying i know they sell like like usb ones for like your laptop so right i mean for this you'd have to get a usb hub and plug it into the external usb port yeah yeah. in order to have something like that i i would recommend getting a usb hub for this because especially if you're playing games that require the gamepad yeah um it's got one USB port externally on it, which you have to plug your mouse into, or you have to plug in a hub to plug in your mouse and then the game pads. Yeah, I gotcha. So, so yeah, definitely need a, some sort of USB mm-hmm. uh, bridge. So. Yeah, and I think that's one of the fails with the design of this. I mean, I, I like the overall look and feel of it, but uh, I feel like they should have had like maybe a little more room on the back of it Put two more USB ports there. That that would be great. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as the software goes, at least on the firmware that was built in, and they might have newer models that have the latest firmware. I'm not certain. Um, but even it then, did not it, have, should, it shouldn't be that difficult to upgrade yeah. your firmware. Right. It did not have all the apps it said it did. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like um, like I mentioned, um, it didn't have... What was it? Uh, let's see. It didn't have Anvice X64, Aptoid, Blue Wallet, uh, Fennec, or uh, Miracast Receiver. Okay. Yeah. And... I thought that was unfortunate. It said it had that. Now, you could easily download it, and I did download it. Yeah. No problem. Uh, But, 
you know, come on. It's like you said it's on there. It should be on there. But maybe it's built into the later firmware releases, which I've got to install. Yeah, that's also a possibility. Yeah. Um, so one thing I didn't mention earlier, I did finally get a Talon basic script and there. Actually, I did uh, come in later and interrupt that. I mentioned it did download. So that's a good thing. Uh, I played around with Talon basic script a little bit, but not a whole lot. It's really not quite like programming an older version of BASIC, like on a Commodore 64. It's a more modern version of BASIC. You know, you're using console log, etc. Okay. Um, so, in that version of BASIC, I'm not as comfortable with, so I've got to uh, do a little bit of playing around with that. Okay. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Though, it's close to JavaScript, so I could pretty much figure it out. Oh, yeah, if it's that simple, if it's that similar, then it seems like something you should be able to do. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I I think calling this a kid-friendly computer, even though kids could figure it out, I don't know that kids would be that interested in it. When you hear the words kid-friendly, I guess it implies that there's not really much to figure out. It should just work out of the box. Right. right? And it does work out of the box, don't get me wrong, but there were programs missing <laughs> that it said it had um like i think this is more geared towards the retro gamer really okay. okay and they really seem to promote that aspect quite a bit in their videos and on their website that retro gaming aspect okay unless like i said before unless the parents exposed them to retro gaming in the first place Kids aren't going to be all that into that. They're going to be into more modern games. So you see it as more of like a marketing ploy? I, I think they're marketing to the wrong crowd. They need to be marketing to retro gamers. I got you. Okay. Yeah. That's my opinion. Well, uh, any other final words about the product? Uh, well, the final words I hope to have ready next week because this is only part one. I want to get this... Uh, straighten out and like i said uh i've been in contact with the creators of this device okay i think it's a cool concept i like it but it definitely at least at this point needs more work and i want to see what this firmware what these firmware updates have done gotcha to progress to where i think it should be um fortunately this isn't something that you're going to just buy at a store you have to buy it online on like TawanElectronics.com or on eBay. Okay. There might be other places too online, uh, but I haven't seen it anywhere else. I'm sure if you sneak around enough, you'll find it. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool little device, but I, I would not say expect your kids to be hugely into it unless you've gotten them into retro gaming already. Gotcha. And in that case, you probably already have other devices that do the same thing. Uh, Raspberry Pi is a very popular device among kids. I've got a Raspberry, I've got a couple of Raspberry Pis here. Um, I love the thing, and you can put other micro, uh, other small board computers in there. Like I said, Raspberry Pi Zero would be great. I think I'm going to buy one of those, slap it in there at some point, and play around with that. There you go. Well, I guess, uh, like you said, we'll have to wait until next week before you have that figured out so you right. get your so I want final to, impressions. Right. I want to give it a fair review. Um, though I, I am 
disappointed at how difficult it's been to get the firmware downloaded without being corrupted. Yeah. Well, and you- I'm not sure if it's my internet connection or if it's something going on on their end. Yeah, there's so many things it could be, right? Yeah. My internet connection seems to be fine. I've got good speeds, but it downloads slow from their server. Yeah, I mean, it could be a server issue. It could be yeah. uh, a corrupted data yeah. file. Who knows? So we're looking into that and uh, communicating with the creators of this. But yeah, I think that about wraps it up with uh, what I want to talk about with it today. Okay. Hopefully we'll have this uh, part two ready next week. And it'll be a much different story. Hopefully, I mean, I want to like this thing, you know? Yeah, I understand. Um, That's not saying that I'm just going to give it a good review just because I want to like this thing. That's not how it works. I definitely, I've played, I've done, I've played games like that. Just like, you know, this is Mm -hmm. technically a very good game. Like I want to like it so bad, but there's too many things about it. I don't Mm -hmm. like that, that outweigh the things I like about it. It's just like, okay, I gave it a couple hours try. Not, it's not, it's not mm-hmm. for me, you know. Yeah, and this wasn't something they just said to me. I paid out of pocket for this. So, no, I gotcha. So I'm definitely... I mean, even if they sent it to me, I'd give it a fair review regardless. I would... Well, we're uh, all about integrity here on Joe's yeah. Holy Tech, right? Yeah, I would want to be honest about both the positive and negative aspects of the system. So yeah, all that's right. about it for today. All right, I've been Antonio Guerra. I've been Joey Cagle. We will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.